You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to another episode of Around the King's Table. This is Brian. It's George. I'm Jonathan. We have Jonathan with us again today to talk about deacons. But really, just 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. Because last time we started to talk about this and uh, we did not... We did uh, not get there. Get there. We went 55 minutes, as everybody now knows, in verses 1 through 7. So we never but made it. was it. glorious. I mean, it, it really was. was it was really wonderful. Discussion. You should go listen to it if you haven't already. Uh, but today we do want to address uh, verses 8 through 13 on deacons, on deacons. and deaconing. Yep. yep. So here we go. So what shall we say about deacons here? They're necessary and helpful for the church. They're in the Bible. They're in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We have a passage about them. What they do doesn't quite get a lot of uptake. Mm-hmm. Okay. See in verse 8. What do we want to make about deacons likewise? What's the likewise? How's that functioning there in the passage? It's functioning to separate out a new group. So basically yep. it, it acts and it's it's not going to be the only time in these verses we're going to look at, but where you have one group likewise. So here's another group. We're going to detail what they're going to look like. We're going to have another group and we're going to detail what they're going to look like. Yep. Um, what was so, the previous group? Elders. There's elders. Yeah. Right. So deacons likewise. So is it likewise just functioning to separate those two offices? It's not just to separate. It should also give us a fair indication that just as the elder qualifications are mostly quality traits and not quite like skill sets. Yeah. The same is going to ultimately be true of the deacons. The deacon qualifications mm-hmm. are, are largely the same with some notable distinctions as the elder qualifications mm-hmm. and our character qualifications. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even more importantly for deacons, because while it seems that elders or pastors, for the most part, they're understood to be at least the preachers, right? Right, The preachers and teachers, deacons oftentimes can be very confused mm-hmm. as to who they are, what they do, how they function in the life of the church. And really get yep. replaced by people who have, like you said, certain skills. Skills, yeah. You know, traits, characteristics. Been around a long time. Whatever business. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I'll just carry that over to the likewise for me, as well as separating it out as, as an office, does say this is another office in the church. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so deacons likewise. And then he goes into some of these, um, some of these character traits here. So deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. So they must be dignified, and then he gets into a lot of knots, mm-hmm. okay, so the negative side of what they should not be. Yeah. What are things that stand out to you, brothers, there in that first verse, verse 8? And you have some similarities back to elders, you know, double-tongued, mm-hmm. um, playing along with you know some of the failing to see them right here but like you know kind of the above reproach somebody who's double-tongued is hard to Hmm. trust hard to follow um you want someone who is honest Mm -hmm. who's 
speaks well. I'm not addicted to much wine. You don't want a drunkard trying to be your chief servant leader in the church. Mm. Not greedy for dishonest gain. Um, you know, as deacons serve, there are times that pretty easy to put your hand in the money till. Yep. You know, we don't want somebody doing that. But. Mm. So do we have a scale between not a drunkard for elders and not addicted to much wine for deacons? Is that what we're getting here? Elders are allowed extra portions of wine. Okay. No. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. <laughs> are we Catholic? No. no. I, that, oh, wow. No. We do serve the Lord's Supper, and since it's the blood of Christ, we try to make sure none of that gets wasted after that is serving it. That, we're just Pink kidding. Everybody else non fermented yeah, juice. I think that's like, no, juice, I promise. We're just making fun of others. Sorry. <clears throat> we're on a roll wow it's gonna this is this is good <laughs> i wanted to focus on one that we actually didn't see uh in the section on elders but uh, not double tongued not double tongued is yeah it's not it's exactly kind of a new one yeah why do you think that maybe comes up for deacons not They're as much for elders involved in conflict and, and dealing with conflict in the church and trying to handle issues that come up between parties who may have, you know, this person did this, this person did this. Um, you want them to, when they say something, you can trust it. They're not going between the parties and saying different things. Um, they're not doing it, you know, just to have a good reputation, good face. Everybody thinks, oh, they say they, they, they're, they're going to you know, be the person who kind of strokes my back and makes me feel happy about what I'm doing. Um, yeah, ultimately you want to be able to, to trust them when they say they're going to do something, um, because they're in a servant role. They're going to yeah. be directed to do things a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You want them to be, you know, yep, I'm going to do that. It's going to be done by this time. You're going to just trust it and you're not going to have mm-hmm. to, you know, sit on them and micromanage. Yeah. They also seem to be somewhat of a communication bridge mm-hmm. at various points between elders and congregation as well different churches <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah and so I, I just think the ability uh, of the deacon to be able to handle lots of information some of it public a lot of it not public yeah. uh, it's very important that they are able to handle those things wisely uh, with uprightness of heart uh, but also with uh, a trustworthiness that people can go to them and um, yeah, just be served by them in that way. Mm-hmm. And again, you go to James. What is what is a mark, the mark of spiritual maturity? It is that we use our tongues yeah, wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in in some way, the qualification here is really just that they're spiritually mature. They're they're not double tongued. Their yes is yes. Their no is no. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're sincere and, and trustworthy. Yeah. 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 So just the three of us in the room know the sh- shock absorber. They're dealing with conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where would that have come from scripturally? Just uh, for someone who might not know. I mean, our example would be, you know, Acts 6, which whether you want to call it really deacons or a proto-deacon or at least a model for how deacons can act. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's the first you know, major church conflict. It's mm-hmm. this group is being mistreated. Um, and the elders say, hey, we can't stop what we're doing, or the apostles at that point, really. We can't stop what we're doing. Yeah. 
the, the whole mission that we have been in, in, in entrusted with would actually be sort of shunted to the side if we were to focus on these matters. Not that they're not important. Which is why we need to get seven men of good repute to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To deal I with think them. mainly there. Yeah. To deal with a highly volatile situation. Thanks. I mean, no, that's a good, good call things out. Back out. Yeah, it helps us kind of put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For someone who might not know. I think the greedy for dishonest gain uh, stands out for me. I mean, it's it's similar to the elders, you know, not a lover of money. And I think yeah. we think of, you know, maybe some ministers who might, you know, just be doing it because it's a steady stream. Even if it's not a good stream, it's a, maybe a steady stream of income. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I've never really thought about that, but apparently that is a big thing. But here, I guess, you know, you talk about the deacons. They're distributing money through food. I mean, they're they're responsible for, you know, in the case of, you know, Acts, they're, they're responsible for distribution of food on a massive scale. You have this 3,000-member church. And you have a significant... Saints. Yeah. So them not being in it to, you know, kind of siphon off funds to their own benefit is, mm-hmm. is yeah, it's kind of important. Mm-hmm. Meeting tangible needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's verse eight. Move on to verse nine here. It says they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. I guess maybe the first question is what is the mystery of the faith? And then what does it mean to hold that with a clear conscience? You want to give a go at the mystery, the mystery of the faith? Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I mean, basically it's all that goes into the, the, the proclamation, the gospel, yeah. the teaching surrounded it, all that Jesus taught us to teach to the disciples. So ultimately they, you don't come into the deacon as a, like, like an initiate, like you're not, this is not the place to learn Mm -hmm. what, you know, what Christian discipleship looks like. These Mm -hmm. are, these should already be established disciples. They're not called to teach necessarily. That's not going to be their skill set. That's not what's brought up in this passage, but they shouldn't have to be being taught specifically. That's not the right place for it. Mm -hmm. This is not a, place for newcomers they have a functional knowledge base yeah Yeah. of the word of god i hear mystery of the faith and i think is it ephesians where paul uses mystery frequently Mm -hmm. sure yeah so it's the mystery of faith from that but but again i I think it's important that this mystery is unveiling not like ooh, this thing hidden it's no it's the what's now revealed revelation of christ exactly yeah i mean he gets down to it just a few verses later he uses the word mystery of godliness great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness Mm -hmm. Um, and then he goes on to essentially to get at the the gospel, like the incarnation of Christ and his death and resurrection and ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's the mystery of godliness. Uh, to hold the mystery of the faith is, I think, has to be along similar lines. Uh, just a uh, a good knowledge base of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what that what that means uh, for day-to-day application in the life of the church. But we know Paul and other letters, the mystery is actually the coming together of Jew and Gentile into one church. Mm-hmm. And so especially if you start talking deacons and handling conflict, well, if you go back to conflict in Acts, you're dealing with right. actually, it's a, it's a culture conflict. It's a, it's a Jew versus Gentile conflict mm-hmm. early phase. And so, yeah, I mean, this is part of that mystery as well. And if you go down that line, <clears throat> I mean, it may be off the, the trail a little bit, but if you go down that line, there is some aspect of deaconing that is pulling together a whole bunch of people that are different. They're from different, different places, different cultures, but one Christ, and you're bringing those and holding those lines together. Yeah. There's an aspect of reconciliation to the gospel. It's not just reconciliation between the sinner and God, right. but a reconciliation between one sinner and another, mm-hmm. and deacons are serving that reconciliation in the life of the church. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, meeting those tangible needs, a lot of times 
we are a complete person. We talk about soul care, caring for the whole person. Yeah. Sometimes meeting those tangible needs affects the spiritual. And you want somebody who can, at times, appropriately touch on that spiritual aspect of that tangible need. Mm. Not to say that he is necessarily doing what an elder does, but sometimes that line can, especially in my mind, get a little blurry when you start dealing with those tangible needs and then dealing with the spiritual ramifications of said need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a time and a place for the deacon to speak into that. Right. Yeah, there's overlap. There. And maybe that's a good segue into a question if we can just kind of take a time out here right in this verse, middle of this verse. Um, what is the relationship? I mean, just at the most basic level, what is the relationship between elder and deacon? You have them back to back here, the office of elder. You have a clearly what is a, another office, mm-hmm. office of deacon. So in Paul's mind, as he's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for Timothy and for the church here, um, like what is he trying to communicate about the, the distinctions uh, between these two offices and how they function together? Any thoughts on that? I think it's interesting that he blessed deacon first and then elder. I think he does that because deacons are under the elders. You see that other places and later on in the book that the elders are the, the leaders, the overseers, the shepherds, and then your deacons are your chief servant leaders who are dealing with the day-to-day things. You back to Acts 6, you see the elders, the apostles saying, we can't do this because we need to be focused on the ministry of word and prayer. Mm-hmm. So that's where the elders should be focusing mm-hmm. is on that word and prayer. And the deacon should handle those other things to try to leave the elders time to deal with the ministry of word and prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that means at times we need to back to that. We need to call in the, the elders and say, here, you guys need to deal with this spiritual issue. Right. And let us go deal with this other more tangible, physical element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good, brother. You have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, it, it, part of it is, is right in the name. So deacon is ultimately a servant. Right. But that, I mean, pulls out the idea that, I mean, as we're following Christ, Christ is ultimately a deacon if if you're going to go just straight Greek. Now, there's context there not to use it just indiscriminately, but ultimately you have all of us as Christians supposed to be servants submitted to one another, and deacons are example models of that for people of being submitted. And so as, as the body attempts to submit to one another the deacon's submission under the elders serving the body is a great example uh, something to look at Mm -hmm. visibly and see Mm -hmm. in in addition to looking to christ yeah yeah just to me it's almost like a a micro church within the church (laughs) you have the 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 body of the of christ the deacon body submitting to the head the underhead in this case, the elders. Uh-huh. So it's almost the example of a, the underhead. The underhead. <laughs> the chin. The chin. <laughs> the under shepherds. The not the double chin. Yeah. Yes. You hide yours well though with your. I try your beard. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you don't have one. I do have one. Okay. Well, I've always had one. I was born with one, and it's just stayed. We digress. <clears throat> we digress again. It's what we do. So, what do you think about the clear conscience? Why with a clear conscience? Uh, I think that these, I think clear conscience refers or implies someone who 
um, does not struggle as much with, you know, doubts about the truth of the gospel or the truth of God's word or, um, you know, what God has specifically gifted and called them to be doing for the sake of the church. Like, I think that they uh, are able to hold the mystery of the faith tightly. They have convictions about it. Um, There's nothing in them uh, that I think they're having a life that accords with godliness and with the gospel. Okay. So it's like Paul later on in Ephesians, Philippians 1.27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think there is the, the clear conscience is both a belief thing. They, they believe convictionally the truths of the gospel and how it has to be hashed out in the life of the church. Uh, but also, it's a it's a life thing as well that their life is is um, coordinated coordinated with that that convictional faith. I'm good with that. What would you add there? Um, I, I think that's ultimately right. Part of my head keeps on always wanting to go as I read that to um, as you have the elders teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's going to run that people are going to actually be shocked by it. You know, maybe it, it, it does take them at a cultural storm level. Um, and the deacons is the wrong place. It's, right. it's, it's, it's any believer in the church should be able to go to the elders and go, I didn't understand that. Or I think that might be even wrong. Uh, but the elder, the, the deacon body is not the place to foment animosity towards the elders. That's, it's not the place mm. where we're like, actually, I think the elders are just getting it wrong. And this conversation that's mm. constant where you start getting at loggerheads between these two groups. Yeah. I don't think that's the intention. I don't think that's actually what the clear conscience is about, but my head does go there. It seems to me that in all of this and in about what he's about to say in the passage, though in the very next verse, I think uh, that he's saying that neither the elder nor the deacon. So I think sometimes in churches, the DAC, and it becomes sort of like elder preparation place. Right. So they take young guys who are gifted and talented, and they throw them into the diaconate to get them their feet wet in ministry mm-hmm. and then press them on into eldering. And I actually think what Paul is saying here is that, no, both the elder and the deacon or the deaconess, if you go that route, like those people, all of them, if they're in that capa- an official capacity in the church, yeah. all of them are to be like Stephen. Yeah. Like they're all... Uh, supposed to be the kind of people, yeah, the Mm -hmm. kind of people, uh, but, but I think that means that at a practical level, I think that means that we should, when we're looking at adding elders or adding deacons, uh, to that office in our churches, that they, they need to be theologically astute. Yeah. They may not have to teach it, but they should know it. They should know it. I'd be interested and, to know it better. That's right. And so theologically astute, know it, um, and aligned. Yeah. I think alignment is is important. important. And again, but we're talking about, we're living in a day where a lot of churches really don't have statements of faith. Right. That they're, they do, that they're, they're have, very, working through or they're kind of hidden minimal. in the back folder. That's right. But this is where I think that a recovery <laughs> of robust theology and doctrine and statements of faith for, the, for your church, your local church, could be really, really important so yeah. that you know that the, the members that you have in the church are theologically equipped, trained, astute, and then you're drawing from that pool 
those who are exemplary in those things. But I think that's, well, I think what, to your point, that's critical that there is a fellowship amongst officers. There is a fellowship mm-hmm. amongst elders and deacons uh, that is uh, sweet, uh, humble, gracious, filled with love, yeah. care for one another. Uh, how can we support one another uh, to, to press this holistic gospel ministry forward for the sake of the sheep that are, you know, yeah. a part of us and under our charge? Yeah. So that's the, all of that's a long way to get at clear, clear conscience. No, but, uh, okay, verse 10, let them also be tested first. This is kind of going in our, our direction of just the, the maturity level and, and yeah. things of that ilk. Uh, let them be tested first. Uh, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Yeah. Anything else we want to add? Um, I, I, I'm interested in the fact that you know a couple of the commentaries that you know you look at are like yeah, just like the elders, they're tested. I'm like the elders are tested by the requirements, so it, it is kind of interesting. I, I don't think it's so out of place. Yeah. Um, but it is a, it is a serving ministry, and so there's active physical engagement that can be done it is it is a different kind of testing than you would do for an elder i suppose mm-hmm. um i think the idea is again is that the whole body is serving mm-hmm. the whole body is deaconing in a sense right and as you're laying your eyes on the congregation and the con- and the congregation is serving some people stand out with a heart of service, like it's it's just they're they're zealous about it. They're 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 skilled at it. They. So, do you think his testing is is then more just as you watch, or is this additional on top? Like I've been watching, but I'm still going to do either some time base or some. I think particular that's, there's task. prudence. I don't know that there's like biblical verse necessarily as right. to what it looks like, but I think it's prudent that there's a time set aside where just in the, the normal course of, of life and in a congregation's existence, you're, you have elder eyes and congregational eyes right. on people as they serve. And if they're, they're serving in, you know, well, then they get sort of elevated. They get bumped up, you sure. know, uh, because you're looking at an office that is at the end of the day, a servant office. It, that's what it is. It is. And so, <clears throat> but then I also think that if you're pursuing someone to come into that office, yeah, I think prudence says, no, you sit down with them and you have an extended period of time where they're being taught, they're being equipped, they're being asked about their life and these kinds of things. So there is an examination that goes on um, elder to deacon uh, and then they're put forward for the congregation. But anyway. That sounds good. Yeah. That's helpful. I, mean, I don't. It, I don't think Paul. Men, he doesn't mention let them be tested for the elders, but just the way he words it almost make to me. I feel like it's kind of implied he must be. Yeah. There's, 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 there's an implication watching. of mm-hmm. that elder needs to have been somehow vetted. He has to be able to teach, right? Which suggests he's been seen teaching. teaching, right? And there is a sense in which, even though it's not necessarily cast in this this uh, this light, but Managing your own household well, yeah, is the supreme testing ground, right, you know, right. for, for managing the household of God. Yeah, right. So there are there are uh, implicit tests yeah. uh, that uh, the the person who has a keen eye to scripture is going to want to apply to certain people as they're coming into 
the office of elder or deacon. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, so here we go. <clears throat> Verse 11. We, we were going to come to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, their, their wives, there's and then no, there's, there's a little number. Likewise. There's, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> yeah. there's a little number there beside wives say. in my, my ESV. Mine doesn't. It has it by the, I think it has it by the likewise. Okay. They're, they're, well, what, what's yours, Jonathan? Mine is by the wives. Okay, so ours Mine's is better than George's. Their their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. And then verse twelve, he goes back to let deacons. Hmm. So, <clears throat> thoughts on on verse eleven? Yeah, I, 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 so, so what did what did yours say? Their wives. Okay, so yours does say the same. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the ESV rendering. I, 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 I get it. Okay, fine. Um, there's no there. There. That's what I was going to ask you about the possessive. There right is there. no there there. It's it's just when I cost is wives or women. Women, right? Which is what my it's footnote says. It's unclear. And that is what it says. Yeah. So my footnote is, uh, if I can find it again, wives likewise or women likewise. Right. And so I, I think women likewise. If we wanted to say you know deaconesses, but there is no word for deaconesses at that point. Um, that would be a later word that would be brought in um, into Greek. Um, at the time, it's just deacons, and in this case, it's just it's women. It's ultimately so, but but that likewise does seem to indicate uh, that's probably one of the strongest arguments that that sits at in parallel. You have mm-hmm. elders, you have mm-hmm. a likewise deacons, so male deacons, and a likewise female deacons, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I would probably put it at. I think. When, how it does this, I think the intention is likely these are very likely unmarried women as well, um, which is why they're being called out, um, rather than just women who are married. Not that that's a problem if you have you know a man and, a, and, and his wife both serving on the deacons, but I think the implication here it kind of lends itself towards unmarried women, mm-hmm. um, which would have been rather uncommon, but when it was that was the case, they were welcome to be serving in this realm in this realm. Is a church that uh, confines uh, the diaconate to men a misogynistic church? Fundamentalist. Say that again. <laughs> what was the question? I'm just joking. But is is a church that confines the diaconate to men, qualified men, a fundamentalistic? <clears throat> I don't church. think it's Paul's intent. Yeah. And I don't think the scripture, I think, has enough examples of women serving. Yeah. Um, to suggest that this was an expected practice. He, he's restricting, even in the verses before, he's restricting yeah. women from leading and from teaching in men or mixed groups. He never says not to serve. Um, I think they're, they're reading too much into the text to say that. There's a lot of well-spoken, that's early what biblical brothers who, who say nope, it's men. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of people who right. are perfectly fine to allow women to serve, but still have kind of a little bit of, oh, it just still seems a little off. Um, mm. that, that, I don't think it's wrong, but I do think that the, the, the text I, lends know, it itself towards women. I think. I, think, yeah. I think some people will, will see like a, a church trying to hold it to men only, qualified men only in the mm-hmm. back, and, it, and they'll say, go, go the route of, oh, well, they're, you know, Whatever, and uh, they're they're not inclusive of women or whatever oh, it right, is. Right, right. Then some 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 people 
I think maybe this is still maybe the majority position. Uh, say, oh, they're letting women into the the diaconate, right. so they're, they're, they're the liberal, liberal. they're yeah, theologically exactly. liberal, and they're they're sliding and, and this kind of thing. And I think it goes on on both sides. So what I'm trying to say is that um, no, I think that you can have two churches who are both being exceptionally textual mm-hmm. and expository and <laughs> biblical, yeah. and they come down on di- in different places on this particular thing. That's all. I'm yeah. trying to say so your thoughts Jonathan I want to avoid raising pragmatism to the level of scripture ever mm-hmm. but being a deacon I can see I specifically male deacon obviously mm-hmm. I can see where having a female deacon dealing with tangible needs of the body is wise mm-hmm. um there are certain things that as a man I should not be involved in dealing with. And so I'm thankful that we have a deaconess that I can say, can you? We do. <laughs> you can. Please go deal with that. Yeah. So prudentially, I can see that. But again, I always want to balance my prudential under scriptural. Um, hmm. So I, t- I tend to agree that this text allows for female deacons. Um, and so in that case, I, I think it's, and I know some churches who will only let the wife, uh, a woman serve if it's her husband and wife. I think they're trying to bridge that gap without offending those who would fall more on the male side. I, yeah. I don't know where I land on that. I think the strangest, the hardest part for me is verse 12, let deacons each be the husband of one wife. Mm, yeah, he flips back. <laughs> yeah. I do, think that's they, the hardest. It, the does, hardest. it does flip back. <clears throat> the hardest one. Let, the, let a deacon be a husband of yeah. one wife. So I think that's the, the most difficult. Uh, so does a deacon have to be married? Can you have a single deacon? Yes. Okay. I, f- I find it odd if that's the going to be the argument. What will end up happening is you have to then go, okay, so why our elders' wives just above them, and they didn't need be, to be mentioned, whereas the deacons' wives not. do, and that's that's an odd yeah. setting. The argument for that is just that they're in a different kind of a different kind of ministry. Sure, elder ministry again, word word prayer, and he's already clarified. A more tangible. He's already clarified with that also that mm-hmm. they're not to be. I'm just saying I'm not sore either way. That's I, that's kind of yeah. what I'm, I'm trying to trying to get get out there. Um, I do think a lot of it comes down to, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but to me, a lot of it does come down to, is the diaconate an office of authority, ecclesial authority? Is it a deliberative, authoritative body in the church? Is it functionally elder? Or, which, which for a lot of churches it is. Yes, it is. Or is it a primarily servant office under the authority of the elders? So do you, you have any thoughts on how that plays in the, the story here? Uh, just whether how you view the diaconate as an, as an authoritative office or a non-authoritative office in the church it's a servant office <clears throat> it's my, without right. making it sound bad yeah. i mean jesus again is a servant 
and yeah. comes to be an example of a servant. So I don't, I don't think that's a, a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It comes out in our culture very negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think it is a servant role. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's a role that is meant to accomplish the will of the elders in the body as the spirit moves in the church. And, mm-hmm. and so I don't see it as deliberative for sure. Is ultimately, if you want to use that terminology, it, it's a body that is meant to accomplish Whatever others objectives. Yeah. So, right. It's not a deliberative. It's not a presbytery. It's not a board of pseudo elders. Yeah. Um, I have heard the argument made though, that if the diaconate tends to be more pseudo elder, that then you should default to more of the elder qualifications for set out deacons versus if it is the more servant role, then you could allow women. Yeah. If it's that pseudo elder going to have more authority type than you probably based on chapter two, that point probably shouldn't have women on it. I've just seen it both ways. I think that the way it gets hard is I've seen, I've seen it in churches where they want to have, uh, again, I think with textual grounds, they want to have females, qualified, mm-hmm. qualified women. Let me be clear on all that, okay? It's yeah. not just a qualified. gender thing. Yeah. Qualified woman, women <clears throat> in the diaconate, they want that, but they also then want it to be an authoritative office in the church. They're trying to do yes. both of those things. And I'm just saying, I think that scripture, yes, yeah. I don't think you can do both. Right. One, of, one of those is wrong. That's right. So in First Timothy 2, he's already said, I do not permit a woman to exercise authority over a man. I don't permit that. Mm-hmm. Paul says that. Paul says it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. Rooted uh, in creation. Rooted, rooted, rooted in, in creation. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. Creation, fall, redemption. So it's rooted in all of that. Uh, there's a gospel story playing out in all of that. And so... That's absolutely right. But but again, so I think where we're having diaconates, what we're trying to say, okay, well, women should should be qualified. Women should be in the diaconate. But then where it's also going to be this pseudo-elder or deliberative body or authoritative, whatever whatever words you want to use for it, I think that's where we get it wrong. Right. And I think so if we're going to have it be in more of an authoritative office, it should just be qualified men. That's just my, my opinion on it. But if we're going to make it what I think it actually is in the Bible then I think I do lean in that direction of, no, we can we can and should have qualified women on this, right. within this diaconate. And again, whatever, what, for whatever it's worth, it does seem um, that the early church had deaconesses fairly early. Absolutely. Uh, in its history. Yeah. Any good resources that you would recommend just on, on this... I mean, subject a couple of different books i mean there's a nine marks book that doesn't really go very much in depth into that little topic actually um a good at the comment. end of it right he comes back smith yeah, he does yeah um i mean a good commentary on romans is probably going to talk about phoebe and some of the the comments there yeah. um I don't, nothing comes you know straight to mind to just kind of hammer mm-hmm. into the topic mm-hmm. um do you have something on your own there is, I was thinking the verse was written differently in Philippians 1. Um, it, there is sadly a severe lack of diaconal material in as far as books go, I think. Um, but at the same time, there's a odd intentional lack 
that the Holy Spirit has given us to. He's been very... Yeah, they fill a cultural he's, space. Yeah. They, they yeah. fill a space that he, can change over time. He's been specific on certain things, but he's also been very vague on their role. What they do. What they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Suitable so, to the church's needs. Yeah. And so... Yeah. You kind of have to build it off of Acts 6, which is what most people go back to. Is That's kind of the, like, as you, I think you said it earlier, the proto-elder. the mm-hmm. Proto-deacon. Deacon. Proto-deacon. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah, that kind of that first deacon, the, give it a, an idea, um, and then build off of that, although deacon is never used in Acts 6. Um, but right, I, the Matt Smithers book was the first one I was thinking of. It's just deacons. So mm-hmm. Short little It's book. a good resource. Very short little book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's been a couple of podcasts. Um, Landmarks has done a couple. Um, Brian Croft did a couple. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw one with Crossway with Matt Smithhurst. That's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So Pastors Talk. What's the uh, what's Brian Croft's Trench Talk? Trench, Trench Talk. talk. Mm-hmm. I think fairly recently. Yeah. Like it's not far back in their history. Mm-hmm. Their queue. Like if you go back, you'll have some conversations about yep. about deacons. Yep. Good place to look. Okay, we need to move on. Verse 12, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their households well. That's something that we essentially covered under uh, right. the subject of elders last time. So mm-hmm. do we want to say anything else about this one? Uh, I'd, I'd just say it's, it's again, it's, it's a way that the deacons are actually very similar in quality. Um, they're, they're, they're managing the... The church, they're, they're, there is they're a responsible aspect. for the church, right? So yeah. maybe maybe a good thing to differentiate is people over things, mm-hmm. um, and a deacon has a much more thing oriented um, for part of what they tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what it, it, it seems they're mm-hmm. they're still managing stuff. So I think it's also interesting that Paul uses that in both places, and I think one aspect that sometimes we overlook is that they're managing their own households well in both cases. Mm-hmm. So they should not be eldering or not be deaconing to the detriment of their household. Hmm. You that's, see that's a good you point. see that yeah. um that's good. sadly. Um a lot of guys just burn themselves at both ends trying to elder or trying to deacon. Yeah. And they let the home life hmm. deteriorate. So that's a good word. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything else there? Mm-hmm. All right, then, verse 13, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think this is a nice standout that this is given to the deacons and not to the elders. It's obvious that the elders who serve well are going to, you know, they're going to get honored. They're going to get, you know, potentially monetarily reimbursed. They certainly tend to be more public. They tend to be public. They're going to get the the accolades, whether sought or not. They're going to get that love from the body. And serving is and can be a thankless job. And so Paul is explicit on it. They're going to get a good reputation from this. Um, whether it's between, you know, in the face of men or whether it's before God himself. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a very pastoral thing from Paul. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have three deacons, two deacons and a deaconess, whatever. Um, Let's talk about the deacon. <clears throat> yeah. I, I kind of like deaconess. 
We call it the deaconess of coziness. So it just kind of like it does it, flow it, off it the tongue a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in in those three, I think we have um, three qualified. three people who are qualified uh, to serve this church in that office. Yeah. And I think even in the office that they have been serving. Um, you talk about being careful not to, to burn it at both ends. I do think that y'all kind of do that, <laughs> but, <laughs> Ministry, but we are, we are blessed by it. We are blessed by it. We also want y'all to take a, a breather from, from time to time. And, uh, but you, you all three have been uh, a blessing to us and, uh, you have, you have enabled us, uh, freed us up to give ourselves to prayer ministry and to the ministry of the word. And, um, yeah, so it's been a huge blessing to us and to the church. Anything else that you, you want to add here? Verse 13 before we close it out? No, I think that's good. Okay. I'm good. Good. Okay. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.